Life's too short. Life's too damn short. So, eat everything. Try anything. Exercise. Experience all that life has to offer. Here's exercise physiologist, medical journalist, and healthy talk host, Melanie Cole, MS. If you've listened to my show at all, you know I'm a foodie. I love food. I love talking about food. I love cooking food and eating food. And my whole family's in the restaurant business in one way or another. So when I get somebody on that talks about food, I am a happy camper. And today we're talking about blending America in the kitchen and not using our blenders to make smoothies. We've done that show before. I'm talking about the effect of the many melting pot people that make up this country and what effect they've had on our food. And and as somebody who has eaten all over the world and loves to go to restaurants that are Ethiopian or, or you know, Indian, doesn't even matter, I'll go to any kind of restaurant. This is a fun topic to talk about. My guest is Chef Edward Lee. He's the author of Buttermilk Graffiti and Smoke and Pickles. I love that name. And the chef owner of 610 Magnolia Milkwood and Whiskey Dry in Louisville. Welcome to the show, Chef Edward Lee. So, Chef Lee, how do you feel that the fact that we're such a melting pot here has affected our cuisine? I mean, it's almost impossible to describe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I truly believe that the, the history of American food reflects the history of immigration, right? So so when you talk about the, the early immigration and the contributions that the Italians and the Germans and the Greeks had on American food, you, you, we see the influence everywhere. Um, and those foods, after generations, um, they cease to be foreign. You know, they become American foods, like pizza, like spaghetti, right? Like like beer and bread. Um, and, and then you sort of have each generation brings their own unique immigration trends, and then they bring their own foods, like the Chinese, like Mexicans. And every, with every generation, with every new uh, immigration group, um, you see the, the sort of flavors of, of American food change and alter. Uh, and really, for me, this book was, what does American food look like in uh, uh, right now, 2017, when I wrote the book? Um, and how does that, is, how is that going to influence American food uh, for generations to come? Well, you are right on with that. And one of the things that comes to mind when you say pizza and, you know, Chinese food and all of these kinds of things, Mexican food, guacamole specifically, has become just such a staple. It's Super Bowl and it's New Year's and it's all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so now these kinds of things have become just a mainstream, really a mainstream. Do you feel that that foods like Indian food, which I just absolutely love, and some of those kinds of food are still on the outer edges of becoming more mainstream rather than some of the Italian foods or the French foods or French fries, which really I hear weren't even from France. But do you think yeah, that there's still I, yeah, some on the outskirts? Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, even, even you know, for example, I, I, I do a chapter about Nigerian food in, in, in Houston. Um, and, you know, even more so as food becomes more and more ingrained into our culture, um, they change, they they adapt, uh, we make them more American. Um, and then new things like, like Nigerian jollof rice, which was foreign to me up until a couple of years ago, and it's still foreign to many people. 
Um, but it's really delicious, and it will be a household food, you know, in in a decade or so, right? So, so every with each generation, we just see all these new foods, and I think ultimately that's what makes American food so unique, so delicious, so uh, uh, just so diverse um, that we are always updating this definition or this idea of what is American food. So I just want to take one issue with that, because, yes, we have wonderful food, but do you think, and I don't want listeners to get mad at me, but do you think we've screwed some of it up? I mean, I go to Italy with my kids, and we eat all everywhere and everything, and they're like, why is this pizza so much better? And I'm in Chicago, so pizza's a thing here. But, you know, even the fruits and the vegetables their soil is different. Their tomatoes are just to die for. Have we screwed up what they originally sent us that was fresh? No, and, and, and I think what happens is, is um, listen, anything, and, and to me, what, what this book, Buttermilk Graffiti, what I wrote about, like, I'm less fascinated by the food in the motherland. What I'm really digging into here is how that food changes once it arrives on these shores. And it does. It's inevitable because sure. it rubs up against other cultures. You, you can't find the same ingredients, so you kind of substitute. Um, and then you get this sort of, you know, hybrid Italian slash American food, um, which is, is valid for all different reasons, right? And, and after a while, it becomes uniquely American because that Italian-American food doesn't exist in Italy anymore. Um, or maybe it never had. And so while, while, you know, we can lament all day long, like, oh, it's not the same as in Italy. Um, what I say, it should be the same because once it's here, it takes on its own life. It takes on its own identity. Um, just like people, like Italians don't remain Italian, just like the Chinese don't remain Chinese. They become Chinese American and Italian American and Mexican American. So does the food. Uh, and to me, that's the most fascinating things when we see that mashup and we see people and cultures start to collide and and how the food comes out and i think a lot of in many ways the food mirrors that right so like i'm korean i love korean food um and i was in actually chicago recently you know and i had a korean burrito <laughs> which wow. to me is like the most blasphemous thing ever but then i ate it and i was like you know it's was really it good, good. Yeah. It, 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 it was good and so you know th- these things are just constantly evolving um, and, and, you know, it may be your taste or not. Um, but I, I don't cast judgment on them. I'm just fascinated by the process and how that happens and why it happened. Okay. Well, I, I didn't mean to cast judgment. Well, maybe I did cause I'm kind of that kind of person, but I will, <laughs> that's why, I'm, that's why. you know, things like sushi. Yeah. We put this like sort of different spin on there. Even some of it has added a little bit of cilantro or chili oil, which maybe you wouldn't have, you know, so it changes. And I love Korean food and, and make my own kimchi and um, can say on young haseo and kamsamida because I have a Korean market here. That's what I go in and mm-hmm. I, you know, like to get those things. But you're right. It is about what we've kind of not done to it, but what we do with it as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, affecting it. I mean, certain things like French fries, things like that, we do different ways, truffle, you know, salt on there and mayonnaise they do. And, you know, so where do you think that we're headed with some of these things? And, and you can include Korean food because like Korean short ribs are now kind of a bigger deal. You can even find them cut that way while I get them at the Korean market. Now I see them at Jewel. Yeah. Which I never did before. Food, right. Is, 
Yeah, is is food never stands still? You know, it, it it's constantly evolving, it's constantly moving, and it really does reflect how we as a population or how we as a people are moving, changing, adapting, adjusting. So if you look at a food, if you look at the food of America and you look at it now versus a generation ago or three generations ago, you're, you're seeing it. You're seeing how we are living in this diverse time. Um, and, and I truly believe, you know, after I took this road trip, like, we are, we're living in this golden age of food in America right now. Um, and it's not just the high-end restaurants and, and the fancy celebrity chef stuff, uh, but it is really this incredible melting pot, this mix, this soup of identities and cultures that, that you know, I, I often tell people this, like, you, I travel globally all over the world, and, and only in America can you wake up and have a Jewish breakfast, you know, a Mexican lunch, and an Indian dinner. Yeah, and, that's rock on. That's not even considered weird. It's just what we do. We we are very spoiled. We have access to so much rich food and cultures. And um, you know, the I really and the book is about a celebration of that and it's really to encourage people to go out and and take advantage of that because there is so much richness out there. And tell us a little bit about your restaurants. We've talked a little bit about your book, but I'm digging the restaurant and Whiskey Dry in Louisville because I love whiskey. I love bourbon and I love cooking with bourbon and whiskey. And so, you know, we we do. uh, I'm not a native. Um, I'm actually from Brooklyn originally, um, but I've been living in Louisville now for almost 17 years. Um, So, so really, a lot of the food that I do is just. uh, you know, a, a, a hybrid of my life. You know, I grew up as a Korean American in, in in Brooklyn and studied a lot of French food and wound up, you know, in Kentucky loving Southern food. Uh, and so a lot of that just kind of bleeds through to my food. And, 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 you know, some of it's a mashup, some of it's more traditional, some of it um, doesn't make sense at all. But <laughs> in, in my head, it does. And as long as it tastes good, we're okay with that. Well, you know, speaking of the not making sense, we've got, you know, Stephanie Izzard and, and Rick Bayless and people here that make things. You're, and you look at it and you go, what? What is that? You know, but wow, it can blow your mind with the way it tastes. Do you make a good biscuit? Cause Southern food. I love biscuits. Uh, yes, of course. Of, course, of course. So tell people just where they can find the book Buttermilk Graffiti and Smoke and Pickles and wrap it up with what you want us to take away from this about immigration and food and what we have now that we never had before, maybe that our parents didn't have. Yeah. Um, Well, so first of all, you can find the book wherever fine books are sold. It's all over. You can Google it. It's on Amazon. Um, Anywhere you can find good books. Um, And one thing I did was um, there are recipes in the book, but there are no pictures. And and I really want people to read through the book, to read it, to read the recipes. Um, And then if they want to, they can make the recipes. But it's really a book to read and celebrate. And I really want to inspire people to go out and explore their own neighborhoods. Because one of the things that I found was, you know, these Vietnamese restaurants, these mom and pop restaurants, these, you know, little taco shacks or fried chicken shacks, they're everywhere. They're not just in big cities. And I guarantee you, whatever town you live in or suburb, you're not far from one of these places. And they provide an incredible richness of history, of food. Of, of where America is right now. And, you know, we, we live in a very tense time, uh, and everyone is, is so quick to point out our differences. And, and one of the things that I really hope to inspire is that 
we need to celebrate our differences and and to really understand like that that is the strength of our country is in our differences is in our diversity and um, it's a great thing it starts with food and just go out there and and have a meal and do, you know eat something you've never eaten before just try it you know if you don't like it so it's just one bad meal um, but it really does if you're open to it it really does reshape the way you look at food and the way you look at Americans. What a lovely sentiment, and I am so right there with you. I think we celebrate that diversity, and in this tense time, trying new foods, and I'm lucky, Chef Lee, because my kids will eat anything. My son will eat chicken feet when we're having dim sum, and I don't love the chicken feet. I like the sauce on it, but he'll eat anything (laughs) as long as someone tells him you're allowed to eat it. It could be wiggling, and he will still eat it, so I love that sentiment from you. Oh, man, you know, it's crazy. it's, It's awesome, really, but I love that sentiment of yours, and thank you again, because we do all have to celebrate that diversity and try new foods and get out there and be a little creative in our cooking and, you know, try different foods we've never tried. And so thank you again for coming on with us today. And you can listen to these shows and many more at Radio MD. The show is Life's Too Short. You can listen on iHeart, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, and everywhere that podcasts are played. But we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thank you so much for listening and stay well.